Greetings, friends. It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you from the campus of African Bible College. How great is our God? How great is His word? He's the greatest one that ever was heard. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. And now for today's lesson, here is Mrs. Nell Chinchin. Welcome to Bible College by Radio. This 11th chapter of Hebrews is one of the best known and most loved chapters in the entire Word of God. Now we've heard this chapter called the faith chapter, or the, even the heroes of the faith, the hall of faith. And just about everyone knows that the main thing this 11th chapter in Hebrews is about is faith. Faith gives proof of those spiritual things which we cannot discover or understand with our minds. Faith brings reality to those things which the Word of God tells us to hope for. Now, as we study this chapter, we are not going to gobble it up in one big bite. We're going to take small, small nibbles so that we can get the full benefit from what we read. You know, sometimes you can have someone give you one big piece of chocolate cake and you can put the whole thing in your mouth one time finished. But if you take small, small bites, you can make it last and you can enjoy every bite. So that's what we're going to do. We want to examine each one of these heroes of the faith and see what special thing they have to teach us. Now, every one of these people that we read about here in this 11th chapter did something by faith. So, first of all, we see that we need to understand what by faith means. If we go back to Romans 10:17, we find a key to unlock the meaning of this by faith. Godmore, would you read that for us, please? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right, faith is created in us through the hearing of the Word of God. All of these people that we shall read about heard God's Word and obeyed it. Many times they did not understand God's commands, but they were obedient anyway. I remember when I was a small girl and my daddy would tell me to do something and I would sometimes question him and I would say, Well, why, Daddy? Why? And he would answer me with just these four words, Because I said so, 
He did not have to explain his reasons to me. I might not have understood them anyway. My part was to obey him. By obeying him, I also proved that I trusted him. And so it is with God. Our obedience shows God we believe him. And that is why we read about all these people who prove their faith by their actions. I know that we're really going to enjoy hearing about people like Abel and Abraham and Moses and Elijah and Jacob and Joseph and Joshua and even old Noah who built that big boat. But Ganwa, we need to take a few minutes now to help our correspondent students with their review of our last lesson, chapter 10, where we learned about the perfect sacrifice. I really enjoyed that last lesson, Mrs. Chin Chin. I mean, those early Christians were really brave. When the people abused them, carried away their properties, spoiled all their things, they never blamed God, but just kept helping those people who were in prison. They were really a persecuted people, but they never blamed God or made complaints. Hmm. That was really an encouragement, wasn't it, Gamal? Now, the main thing we learned in our last lesson was that all those animal sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament were not perfect, but they were not the perfect sacrifice. They could not last. But God himself provided the perfect sacrifice. Gamal, who was that? That was Jesus. Christ gave himself a voluntary sacrifice for our sins. That's right, Ganwo, and because of that perfect sacrifice, God is able to give us a new heart so that we want to do his will. And that is because of the power of the blood of Christ to take away our sins, isn't it? That's true, Ganwo. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and no longer does God have to force us to do his will. We desire to do what he wants us to do. Now we're going to see in this 11th chapter some real life situations where we actually can see how this works. But first, Ganwo, I'd like for you to share a letter with us that you have there from Grand Bassa. Dear teacher, I want to be a member of your radio Bible class, and I need more information on your lessons. How many lessons have you in your class before a person completes your study? What will be given to me if I end this study? Should in case I want to attend your Bible college, what are some of the requirements needed? I am a Christian who wishes to do my higher education in a high college. I hope to hear from you sooner. May the Lord be with you. Okay, I'll try to answer those questions, Gamma, one by one. Let's go back a minute. The first one he asked was... Uh, how long do the courses last? Yes, that's All right. Well, uh, the courses vary because, you see, we go by the uh, number of books or books in a series, such as the Minor Prophets or the Book of Revelation or um, the uh, Book of Hebrews, uh, some of the Gospels. They're each are individual books, but some of them are in a series. And when you complete that, then you will receive a certificate if you did all the lessons with a passing grade. Uh, now, the second question was, what would they win? I think we answered yeah, that. Yeah, I think you've okay. answered that already. And then the other one, I believe he asked about attending Re the school and the yeah, requirements. requirements. Requirements are you must be a high school graduate with a good, strong Christian testimony. You must uh, take the entrance test as we give it and make application to the college. Send us some references and uh, fill out the application form and uh, we will be considering you as an applicant. Nathaniel Gay is here with us, and he has a letter from Nigeria. It reads, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Chin Chin, Greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
And to all the students at ABC, I praise God for the study on the book of Isaiah and I thank God for what he is planning for black Africa according to what we studied in chapter 15 about a people with smooth skin. I would like to throw a prayer request to ABC students for them to pray for the unity of the church of God in each country and in the whole of Africa. My prayer is based on unity according to Romans 15, 4 through 6, which says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that this unity of the church will not allow God to use his people again. Please join in prayer for the unity of the church so that you, Reverend and Mrs. Tintin, that have left your home will be able to fulfill your ministry here in Africa. I enjoy the studies in Nazareth. May the Almighty God grant you all the need in making full proof of your ministry. Your radio student. Well, thank you, Nathaniel, for that wonderful letter. And certainly we know that there can be no true unity among believers unless they are truly one in Jesus Christ. He alone can make us one in him. All right, uh, before we get on now with our uh, lesson in uh, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, uh, let's just look together to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, how we do just praise you now for these, our listeners. And Lord, these are the ones that we want to learn and to uh, become more acquainted with you and your word. We would ask that today as this word goes out over the airwaves that you would bless it and use it and give those that are listening the kind of a heart that can receive it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now open your Bibles to the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Now all through this book of Hebrews we have been seeing the better way. Now we shall see the better way is the way of faith. This chapter begins with a very clear definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We read that in the very first verse. Now, substance here means the confident expectation. In other words, faith is believing what it cannot see. It's somewhat like this. You know, you have a good, good friend going to school in the States. One day you receive a letter from him and he says, I will arrive on the Pan Am flight number 807 at 7 o'clock Wednesday morning on such and such a date. Now, you have no proof that your friend will be on that plane, but you believe he is telling you the truth. Now, you know, this is not a friend that can lie. So on the appointed day, you find a car and you go all the way to the airport expecting to meet your friend when that plane comes in. Now, that's faith. You have acted in faith simply on the word of your friend. You also realize that there's always a possibility of human mistake. And so, uh, you know, there's such a thing as your friend missing the flight or some unforeseen something happening to prevent him from coming. But you still go to that airport expecting to put your eye on your friend. <laughs> I can see what you're saying there about faith, Mrs. Tintin. But our faith in what a human being says can sometimes be disappointed, like you said about that friend missing the plane. But God's word can never disappoint us because God is in control of everything and he will not allow anything to keep him from fulfilling his promises to us. Well, that's true, Gunmore. We call God's word infallible. That means it is never wrong. It can never fail. 
And so faith in God is simply believing his word. Faith is not found as we search our intellect, our imagination, or even in our conscience, but it's in the heart. God's word as a seed is planted in the heart of a human being and kindled by the Holy Spirit, and that man then becomes a believer. And we see this in verse 2. Uh, of this 11th chapter. If you'll look at verse 2, we read, For by it the elders received witness. Now, their faith then was a witness of their relationship with God. We'll talk more about uh, these fathers of the faith as we continue in this chapter. But we begin uh, at the beginning now, all the way back to the creation of the world. This is where a lot of people run into trouble. Uh, We have things like evolution and other theories that are contradictory to the Word of God. But here we see that we are to believe just as we read in Genesis chapter chapter 1, God said, let there be light. God spoke, you see. The world was created by God's spoken Word. And this verse 3 says that the world was created by the Word of God, not works of God, but by the Word of God. We accept that by faith. Through faith, we read in verse 3 now, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now God created the world out of nothing. All throughout Genesis 1, we read this, God said, let there be light. God said, let there be waters. God said, let there be earth. God said, let there be the two lights, one to rule the day, the other to rule the night. God said, let the waters bring forth fish. God said, let the earth bring forth creatures. God said, let us make man after our own image. All the way through, it is the spoken word of God that is bringing forth the creation of the world. And it is also the word of God that makes man a new creation in Christ Jesus. Look over at 1 Peter one twenty three, and read that for us, would you please? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Um, I was wondering about that, let us, back in Genesis. Why does God say, let us make man in our image? Well, God, well, here we have the first mention of the Trinity. As we see later on, Jesus Christ was with God in the creation of the world. Look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and read that for us, uh, the first three verses there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All right, so we see that Jesus Christ was also in the beginning. Now, as we move on to verse 4, we have the first example of faith, and that is the faith of Abel. Gamo, what was so special about the faith of Abel? Well, verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So as we learn in our study in Genesis, it was because Abel offered a sacrifice that pleased God. Do you remember why Abel's sacrifice pleased God and Cain's did not, Conwell? Well, God had evidently revealed to Adam and Eve that they must make a blood offering, a sacrifice for sins. And Cain did not do this. He brought to God the first fruit of his labors. He tried to worship God in his own way, I believe. 
I believe that's like a uh, like people who want to satisfy God by giving money to the church or even going to church on Sundays and pretending to worship God without first giving God their lives, without first accepting the death of Christ on the cross as a penalty for their sins. Now, is that what the way of Cain means that we read about in Jude verse 11? The way of Cain is just that, Ganwo. It is a way of self-will, of unbelief, of disobedience, of hypocrisy, actually. It means to refuse to worship God by the way of the cross, but to devise our own way of worshiping him. Now, Abel, in contrast to Cain, was obedient to God's will. Secondly, it was his offering was offered in faith. In other words, he wasn't just performing some kind of ritualistic ceremony. He brought God his best. And this should be true of whatever we bring to God. We must offer to him the best that we have by faith. <laughs> it seems interesting to me, Mrs. Chinchin, that Abel knew he had done the right thing. The verse says, he obtained witness that he was righteous. I have heard people sometimes say, I don't know if I am doing the right thing or not. Or, I don't know what God wants me to do. But here, it looks like God will let us know if he is pleased with what we are doing or not. Uh-huh, I think that's true, Ganwo, and we call that assurance. Every true child of God who is seeking to please him should have that assurance that he pleases God. Abel's act of obedience is still speaking to us today, and so it is with many, many Christians whose lives have honored God. Long after they're dead, we can still learn from them. But, Mrs. Chinchin, why did God let Cain kill Abel? Just because he did the right thing, it doesn't seem fair that he should have died for doing what God wanted him to do. Abel's life is also an example to us in this respect. It is showing to us that those who follow God and obey him will be hated by the world, by those who do not love God. It is also a picture of what would happen to Christ. He too was killed by jealous men. All throughout the ages, Christians have suffered and been persecuted and killed for their faith. God wants us to know that. Right off, he would never deceive us into believing that the Christian life is meant to be easy. Back in Genesis 4.10, God said to Cain, The voice of thy brother's blood cries to me in the ground, and God will repay those who persecute the Christian. He hears their cries. Could you read that for us out of Luke 18, Ganwell? Yeah, verse 8 and verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? All right, now this is where we must really have faith, that in the long run, God will reward the righteous and punish the wicked. We read this in verse 6. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now you see, Enoch is given to us as an example of one who pleased God. He pleased God because he believed God. Now let's take just a few minutes and look at this man Enoch so we can see why it was that he pleased God. God, well, who was Enoch? 
And where do we read about him in the Bible? Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam. And we read in Genesis 5.22-24 that he walked with God. And he was not because God took him. All right, God. Well, now Enoch is given to us that we may see the truth of the translation, the rapture of God's saints. Not everyone will die. Jesus may come again before you die. And if that happens, you will be like Enoch. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and look at verse 14. Would you read that for us, Conwell? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. All right, now Enoch was translated before the judgment of the flood. And he is a picture of those that we've just read about who will be raptured when Christ comes again. But, Mrs. Chinchin, we don't really see what it was about Enoch that pleased God. All we know, Ganwo, is that Enoch walked with God. You know, Amos 3, uh, verse 3, tells us, Can two walk together except they be agreed? So we know that Enoch and God agreed if they could walk together. But we do know that Enoch fulfilled the purpose for which all men are created. Look at Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. All right, you see there? We were created to give pleasure to God for His enjoyment. How many of you have children who just bless your heart? You cannot wait for that child to come home because you can enjoy him too much. He can always do those things that he knows you want him to do. He never rebels against your will. He wants to be with you. Oh, you know, to have a child like that can be too sweet. Well, my friend, God wants you to be that kind of child to him. He wants you to be like Enoch, to walk with him, to sit down with him, to agree with him concerning the sin business. Oh, my friend, today, do you have the faith that pleases God? Do you believe that God will reward you with eternal life if you follow him and trust him? Oh, believe God. Believe his word. For without faith, it is impossible to please him.
thank you, friends, for listening again to Bible College by Radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways. Oh, 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 oh,